Are you sitting in a space where you are struggling with anxiety? Do you feel like a prisoner to the cycles of depression? Do you feel stuck in your own life and feel frustrated and lost, but yet you know there is so much more on the other side of this mental breakdown? I want to hold your hand through this therapeutic life healing journey. I will help you navigate emotional healing, spiritual growth, and taking massive action so you can align your mind, body, and spirit to completely transforming your life. You are worthy of the life of your dreams, of stepping into your power and experiencing your breakdown as your breakthrough. Hey, I'm Adi. I'm your therapist, your coach, your mentor. Join me as we heal your life together. I'm so excited for y'all to meet Tiana Jarman, where I sit down and interview her about how we can become better allies to the Black Lives Matter movement, along with hearing a little bit of her story and journey. Tiana self-identifies as growing up as a military brat. Both parents are retired Army veterans. She went to high school in Southern California and graduated class of 2018 from Stanford University with a degree in product design. As an official Bay Area transplant, she works for a fintech startup in San Francisco and is the co-founder of a local nonprofit women's empowerment group called Mission Me. All right, everyone, I'm so excited to introduce to you my next guest, Tiana Jarman. She is the co-founder of Mission Me. She has an incredible story, also is a Bay Area native, just like me, which I love. I'm so excited for you all to meet her and hear a little bit about who she is. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we can become better allies to the Black Lives Matter movement and a little bit about Tiana's story on how she co-founded Mission Me. Welcome to the show, Tiana. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you, Adina. I appreciate it. So yeah, happy to give a snapshot of who I am. (laughs) But uh, I I grew up as a military brat, half Black and half Samoan. My mom is, is originally from American Samoa. And I lived all around the world, went to high school in SoCal, and then went to college here at Stanford, which is how I I moved up to the Bay, became a Bay transplant. And I guess I I must have liked it here enough to to stick around. So I've been around in the Bay for a couple of years since uh, graduating in 2018. And I've been slowly trying to find my way, obviously, like getting getting used to living, you know, and living a professional life, being in college anymore. And then I've been uh, trying to find, you know, ways to be involved in the community so uh, I met someone who we shared similar backgrounds and I just randomly uh, reached out to her. Shout out to Kiana Tofinga, one of the, the co-founders of Mission Me. But uh, we, we sat down and just sparks were flying. We had this nice long conversation about being women, women of color, young women living in the Bay Area, trying to figure it out fresh out of college and you know, navigating family responsibilities and, and a professional life and standards of success. And just, uh, we talked about so many different things. And I think we were both in a place of, of recognizing that there was something very magical that had happened in that day. Two women, similar enough backgrounds, you know, to where we, we could bounce ideas off of one another and, and we could relate to so many things. But we were also so different and came from very different walks of life and didn't know anything about one another. And yet we just created really solid community in a matter of hours. And so essentially Mission Me, which the me stands for my empowerment, was meant to recreate exactly that. 
recreate the sense of community amongst women and women of color around us who we knew, you know, just from us having individual conversations, one-off conversations here and there with friends, that this was something that a lot of women wanted and a lot of women struggled with being able to just kind of sit down and and have a, a safe space to air out the things that we struggle with, air out the things that, you know, we wanted to fix, but just didn't really have motivation for. And so Kiana and I, along with a high school friend of Kiana's um, named Alida, the three of us launched our first women's retreat last year, um, near the end of the year. And since then, we've just been trying to put on local events that empower women and where we try to be very purposeful, very intentional about the events that we put on. Um, And so obviously I think with everyone, like with everyone else, we've had to adjust um, not being able to host in-person events because of COVID-19 and shelter in place orders. But I do think that that has offered us a a great opportunity to involve people from around the world because we're able to do a lot more um, virtual events and uh, we're able to include people from outside of our community too. So we're, we're chugging along. We're, we're um, kind of a less than a year, probably more like seven or eight months in to Mission Me, but uh, it's certainly a passion project that means a great deal to me. And I'm, I'm happy that I can, you know, tackle this with other wonderful women in the community who are just as passionate as I am. I love that so much, Tiana, because it, it's such an, a beautiful place to come together as women and be in safe healing spaces together. For you, what was kind of the why behind Mission Me? You mentioned it was something very important to be a part of and and help co-create. What's your why in that? Yeah, so I know for me, I've found spaces with other women to be very healing. And just that, that feminine energy can be very healing and to be held in that. And it was something that I, I just recognized was something that I've been missing in my life for a while. And then beyond that, just to have people come together and, and it's really, you know, mission me, it's, it's about doing things for you. And at this idea, I think we, we started talking about this saying of empowered women, empower women. And so, it, you know, this idea that it starts with us and it starts with, with us being able to recognize the things that we want to better in ourselves and to be collaborative in that, that, you know, everyone who comes to our events and, and they, they come for themselves, you know, and I think that building the community just happens to be a, a beautiful kind of like blessing in the aftermath. And I, I think my why is that after college, I just recognized so many, you know, learned behaviors and habits that I had picked up that were not serving me and were not good for my mental health, for my physical health. And so it just meant a lot to me that I could find an outlet where I could serve me and I could do things that were ultimately for my healing. And yet at the same time, I was still very connected to a community and and was passing that along to others as well. Didn't feel as self-serving as it sounds. And even that, right, is like getting out of this idea that as women, we can't allow ourselves to be self-serving first and foremost. And I think that's something that has rang true in a lot of the conversations that we've been able to facilitate. It's just so many women feel like they can't do things for themselves. They were never taught to do things for themselves. And that uh, a lot of people, even culturally, you know, in society, they just feel like it's not, it's, it's not cool. 
It's not expected of women. It's not normalized for women to do things for themselves. And I think that's just kind of the, the culture that I know I personally would like to change. And it's, it's great to see that with Mission Me, we're, we're slowly kind of changing that culture. Yeah, I, I love the empowerment infusement of like empowered women, empower women. Mm-hmm. How did you in your own life come to that place of feeling empowered and really wanting to empower other women? It's mm, a great question. I, I will always owe it, you know, to like education for me was, was first and foremost. I just, I found places within academia and, and just within learning. Um, and I think, you know, obviously now it's actually very, very prevalent in what's going on right now. And I know we're, we're going to have a conversation about being better allies um, to the Black Lives Matter movement. And even that for me at the heart of it is, is allowing yourself to learn and always allowing yourself to grow. And I think I, even as a, as a child, learning to me had a very specific picture of what that was, right? It meant going to a classroom and sitting down, raising your hand to ask questions, reading out of a textbook. And yet that was the, the journey of that. And to feel, I, I think I always had just like this very internal validation and, and sense of, of wonder and joy in, in that journey of learning things, of, of being able to call upon new skills and to just constantly grow as a person. Obviously that led me to go to college and that led me um, in the places that it, it has. And I think that looks like many different things that takes on many different paths and it, it looks like different journeys for different people. But I think at, at the heart of it, it is just allowing yourself to always be a student, to always learn and to always be improving. And I've, I've always just felt empowered in that and trusting myself to do that, which I'll say in college, I think I really fell off from that. College really kicked my butt. And I, I think I, I kind of lost that sense. And so with Mission Me, I think it's kind of revitalized that for me. And, and, and I, I've realized that that's, that's what my light always was as a kid. And, you know, I would think back and like, wow, I really peaked in high school. I'm like, what does that mean? I, I think it's, I really, I really just like manifested that for myself without knowing it. And since college, I'd, I felt like, especially near the end of college, I had kind of lost that. And I felt like I had lost the sense of myself. So with Mission Me, it, it's bringing me back to that. Just by hearing other people's stories and learning from other people and sharing in these, in these spaces with other people, it just definitely allows you to, to be a better neighbor and to be a, a better person overall and helps you navigate the world. At the end of the day, as much as you can be a great person Within you, like we all live on this earth with other people, I think it's, it's very important that we recognize that every time we step outside of our homes. And so that's what I've been trying to do with Mission Me and where Mission Me just really fit in with my own life journey. So I'm, I'm relearning that about myself. The key there of learning as a life lesson in so many, so many ways, especially as we're going to be talking about how to be as non-Black identified folks, better allies to the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's just, a, that's a forever learning, you know, for us who are not Black, right? Because I will never understand and know that. But I love Maya Angelou's quote that I always come back to when she said, you do the best you can until you know better. When you know better, you do better. So really kind of continuing to always infuse that in all that we're doing, how we can continue to be better. And there's just like layers and layers and layers to that. 
I really also loved Mission Me's latest talk on persona. Can you share a little bit about, because what you were talking about earlier too, about just being empowered and, and yeah. really coming to learn about who you are, part of that process because of the world we live in, social media. I like the way that you were kind of, Mission Me was talking about the persona you portray also to the world, right? Because social media, yeah. if it's not a private account, will have access to your life. For folks who are listening, and how would you define persona and how has that looked for you navigating persona and social media? I appreciate you bringing that up. That was something that we just did last week. And um, I guess just where that even came from with Mission Me, we were also trying to be very, very pointed and obviously recognizing what's happening, especially in light of the Black Lives Matter movement in light of police brutality. And, and I think, you know, what we came to is that while helping people on this journey to reflect, reflect on, on who they are as a person and how they want to show up. Um, and obviously, I think social media has been a huge player in even just all of this coming to light in the first place. We wanted to speak to to those things, right? And And this idea of like how to be a better ally and you know, reflecting on how you carry biases and, and everything. I think we were like, well, let's just start from the beginning. Start from defining who you are as a person um, before you can even try to fix what's going on in there, right? And I think just doing it in, in terms of social media was helpful because, again, I think a lot of the reflections that people are being called on to do is in in this context of social media, right? Like, do I post? Do I not post? Am I, you know, I'm, I'm sharing everything and I'm signing petitions and I'm encouraging others to do it, but like, what do I do within? So that's kind of where we wanted to start with this event series that we're hosting and, and the conversations that we're trying to facilitate. And so for me, it was very prevalent because I, I do think it's important, especially around the, this conversation of allyship. What does it mean for you to take it beyond social media? What does it mean for you to be involved in social media and then also to take that, you know, offline? And I think that, you know, regardless of your use of social media right now and how you feel about it, I think we're moving into a culture of speaking up and speaking out. And people, you know, whether they're calling you in or calling you out, people are going to make it known whether they feel, you know, you're doing enough. And that accountability aspect, I think, is going to be key in sustaining this whole movement for for equality for Black people. And so to me, what persona means is like who you are. Who do you show up as and who do you log off as, I think is is all a part of your persona. And I I still think it's it's to someone's discretion how much, you know, how much overlap there is between who you are on social media and then who you are offline. But at the end of the day, I think it's important for everyone to really reflect on that and understand, like, are you doing certain things on purpose? Do you have a reason for acting the way that you do on social media or showing up the way that you do on social media? And likewise, do you have a reason for not taking that into your life? And is there a reason why, you know, if there's a discrepancy between the two, do you know why? So that's really, I think, the the reflections that we wanted to kind of guide people through because I think that would that would actually be really really helpful in turn, especially in terms of non-black allies. When we say to take it offline, you know, we we do mean it. You know, are you showing up online in different ways than you are showing up 
offline? And if so, why? And like sit with that. Are you more comfortable, you know, being very vocal about these issues online than you are in your own homes? And if so, why? And it's, it's going to take everyone to kind of do that work to investigate and contextualize and confront, you know, where, where they're falling short. Why have you fallen short? If, if at all, um, if you've been very vocal, um, then great. Like what, what other ways can you then help to empower those around you who haven't quite found their footing in these conversations for the people who are still not quite sure of, of what they could be doing? What could you then be doing to kind of pass that knowledge along? That was our way of just trying to meet everyone where they're at. Start from what we felt was kind of the nucleus of how people are, are getting involved. Even for me as a person, I wouldn't have known about a lot of these shootings if it were not for social media. And that was what, you know, I had to, to recognize um, in, in my own journey through it. It was like social media is where it starts for me. Like I, I wouldn't have known about any of this. I don't watch the news. I don't really read the news. So then it's also about investigating that. Why is that? If I don't watch the news and I don't read the news because the news feels slanted or because the news never feels like it serves me, like that's important. It's important for us to investigate and to talk about um, and to find the communities of people that can help investigate that and, and figure that part out. So again, it's like meeting people where they're at. It looks like so many different things for so many different people. And again, with Mission Me, we never try to act like we're the experts by far, um, but it's just all about facilitating that community and helping people, you know, with guided questions. We put so much thought into making all of our questions and, and facilitating conversations that are very open and very broad. And it's, it's meant to just get the gears turning. It's never meant to like be the end all be all conversation. So it's definitely like where we just wanted to start, like define who you are and then investigate whether or not who you are is showing up um, in all the right places. If you even want it to, if you don't want it to, then that's also something that I think is important for people to investigate. I really kind of see the thread of intentionality of an identity. Who are you and what's your intention online, offline, you know, and, and that kind of, and connected to what has existed, racism has existed around the world towards Black and African-American communities. And so really now seeing it through social media, we have so much more access to videos. Like you were saying, a lot of folks do turn to social media for their news consumption. Some people right. have even cut off their cable so they don't watch the news so they really are digesting everything from social media so seeing and and it, it can be skewed depending on who you're following yeah exactly and the algorithms that are not in anyone's control it's 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 really actually kind of scary on uh, how you can be swayed into seeing a certain side yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about humanity and it's about all everyone having equality and equity. And I do see the Black Lives Matter movement as part of a social justice movement. And I love that it's going to the United Nations to talk about it being a human rights violation to what we see has been happening as far as racism existing. I mean, we're in America, but I, I know it exists in other countries too. 
towards Black and African-American communities. So, Tiana, from your perspective, how in your own circles, whether it's in Mission Me or in your own personal relationships in life, talk about better allyship and what does that exactly mean? That's interesting for me because just for me personally, I feel like because I've, I've always identified, you know, mixed race, biracial, I've always kind of held my two um, ethnicities and races, you know, at the forefront of who I am. Both cultures were always uh, represented and celebrated in my house. And so I, I say this all the time, but I really feel like it's, it's making more and more sense to me as this goes along that I see myself as both a Black woman and a non-Black ally that, you know, housed within me is, is, is a, a bridge between the two. And ultimately it does start with you, right? And that for me as a Black woman who also has privilege because I'm light-skinned, I'm mixed, and I don't suffer in the ways that members of my community that are, are dark-skinned, brown-skinned do, you know, that's, that's recognizing for me as well that there are privileges that I'm afforded because I don't look a certain way. There are also incidents that I've suffered through because of who I am. And because, you know, on a, on a scale, I think that people need to recognize racism isn't a single event and, and being racist isn't like a black or white thing. There's like a sliding scale. Um, there's a full spectrum of what prejudice and, and bias, um, biases, you know, looks like. And, and how that relates to racism. And I'm not perfect, even myself. Like I think in recognizing my role in, in this movement as a Black woman, but also as a non-Black woman, it's recognizing how I've played a part even within my own community to uphold white supremacist standards, to uphold colorism, to uphold prejudice against dark-skinned people. I think that's that's where it starts is that everyone has to um everyone has to kind of take a step back and recognize that we've all played a part in perpetuating a system and it's time for us to start speaking out in ways that we haven't before. Playing a part doesn't necessarily mean actively doing anything, you know, I didn't have to actively be racist growing up, but that could also mean what did you not do? What did you let slide? What did you witness that you didn't stand up for. I think it's about tapping into those moments of learning that for a lot of us, like only we know about ourselves, right? Like only I know the ways in which I've failed Black people to the full extent. Um, And for some people, even like maybe you don't know, maybe you didn't realize what you were doing and that's okay. But I think it's, it's about opening yourself up to hearing more of these stories, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people saying that if you are on Instagram and you realize that there's not a lot of Black people that you follow, um, that you don't follow a lot of Black artists and Black thinkers, then maybe that's something that you should change. If you were ignorant about this because you just aren't surrounded by those who could educate you, that's a step, right? And just following more, more members of our community who could speak to this and help to inform you. I think at this point now, following people, that was actually something that came up in our Mission Me conversation around social media is that, you know, we talked about 
follow, do your followers reflect who you are? You know, if you look at the people who are following you, do, you know, is that a reflection of who you are? And then someone says, I think the people that I follow, I follow are a better reflection. And that was, you know, that was something for me that I hadn't even thought of. But I think that's also very true. Like, who, who do you follow and who do you listen to? Who do you make space for? I think that's important. And so if it's, if it's, you know, a matter of recognizing that and then making small tweaks, so at least you can gain more of this language, more of this knowledge. I think I've had conversations with a lot of friends too, who have been scared to start speaking out because they don't know where to start. They're scared of saying the wrong thing, you know? And, and to those uh, friends of mine, I always say like, I didn't just wake up knowing. <laughs> and I also like, as a black person, I also stumble and make mistakes because again, I'm also a non-black ally. And there's just things that, you know, we'll never understand. I will never understand what it's like to be fully black and to have no choice, but to be black. Right. Like I, I will never fully understand to the full extent of, of what that means. And that's true for all non-black people. So no one's asking you to fully understand, but what we're asking for is the space to tell the truth, to tell our truths. And so if that means that you just follow more black people, if that means that you watch, you know, more movies or you, you watch certain TV shows or you listen to certain podcasts, it's about people who do have, you know, a platform and recognizing like, hey, a lot of people listen to me. Let me amplify black voices. It's, it's reckon, again, like you have to meet people where they're at and everyone has to kind of do that reflection for themselves to, to really think about what, what it is that they can be doing. I've made it a point on my social media that, you know, you should be doing everything in your capacity. That's, you know, I think I'd, for a lot of people, at least in my circles, I was saying at the very least, that means posting. If you don't have anything, you know, of your of your own volition, of your own emotion to say, then repost what other people are saying if that's the case. And like simply, simply like resharing and reposting, great. Do that for a couple of days and then push yourself 10% out of your comfort zone. Like that's, that's where growth happens. You have to get uncomfortable to grow. And so the minute that you feel yourself getting comfortable, you should push yourself to do something a little bit more uncomfortable this time great. You're in the habit of sharing. You started following people. Now you're learning this language. Maybe now you take that to a conversation at your dinner table. Maybe now you take that to a conversation with a friend of yours who, you know, been kind of butting heads for a while on this topic. But I think like everyone should be actively doing something. And I I think what people are getting mixed up with, especially with social media, is that Your activism doesn't have to be visual. Like, I don't necessarily have to see it. But if you're making excuses for why it's not visible, then you should sit with that and you should interrogate yourself on on why making it visible, like why you have an excuse for that, right? Think again. There's some people who just don't use social media. And I'm not really expecting a lot for them, but I can also tell you honestly as a Black person, Person. I'm going to take it personally if I continue to see someone who has always regularly used social media and they continue to use social media regularly, but they're not making it known, especially when you've created a, when you've established a following and there's people who do look to you and do 
you know, look, look on you. I think that's the other thing people have to accept that you do have responsibilities. We all get on the internet and we have a responsibility to represent certain things, whether that's ourselves, whether that's, you know, the truth, you define that for yourself, but you should own that responsibility. And if you get on social media every day and you're still not talking about these things that matter, then you have to understand that there's going to be people, myself included, that are going to take that, take that to heart. And, and it's going to start to feel personal. And this is a very personal matter. As political as it can be, it's actually very, very personal. And I think that's, that's what people to start recognizing is that humanity that's behind this. So many gems right there, Tiana, that you shared. My brain is just like, it feels like exploding with so many takeaways that you had. I mean, I, I love even just like the intention of like, what book are you reading? What podcast are you consuming? Who are you following? And again, the algorithm, there's a lot we don't control, but you can control who you mute and who you amplify and really wanting to be intentional about learning from someone different than you. And that's where learning happens. That's where growth happens, like you said. And if you feel uncomfortable, that's actually exactly where we all need to be right now. And that is where our humanity grows is in the spaces of being uncomfortable, but we're doing the right thing. We're moving in the right direction. And this is a social justice human rights violation when we're not standing up and doing both the the and of like if you are someone who is using social media as a tool being active there and what happens behind closed doors what happens you know at work by the water cooler what conversations you're engaging in with your friends your family members if you're checking them if someone makes a racist joke or taking the extra effort and as exhausting as it might be, but engaging with someone who has a differing opinion and is saying all lives matter, really doing, taking the labor and the emotional labor work and talking and helping to open up the dialogue about how that is so hurtful to hear all lives matter versus black lives matter. And instead of, you know, waiting for someone who is black to take the emotional labor to, do that you know work or that conversation especially if you're at a table at work and you have a mixed group of people sitting there and you, if you're waiting for someone who is black to speak up against someone in the room who's saying all lives matter i mean if these conversations are happening mm-hmm. then you know that's that's your allyship right there to speak up and say something and it'll be uncomfortable maybe because your boss is sitting there or you might have colleagues who might think something differently, but like that's the time to step up and do the behind non-performative right. allyship work where both things matter, how you're showing up online, how you're showing up offline. And that persona, right? Can, what you were talking about earlier, that being consistent in how you want to be as a human in this world. Walk in someone's shoes. If, if you've ever struggled with something or if you've had an injustice happen to you, wouldn't you want and if this was amplified worldwide and was happening for years and centuries, how would you feel, right? Like the Black community is like, we're on fire. We've been on fire. I mean, it's not asking for much from, from everybody in the world to just say, oh, we see you. We see what's happening and it's not right. 
So whenever we see injustices, put yourself in your in that person's shoes. If that were you, what do, how would you feel? What would you do? What would you expect from others? It's basic humanity. It's it's yeah. not rocket science here. Yeah. No, I've definitely learned that like empathy <laughs> and 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 that word is is so key and I also recognize that it can be very hard. It can be hard to even fathom how someone else could be feeling if you've never felt that before. But I think with, with this, it's just gone on for so long. And regardless of how many, how many excuses we can come up with, I think we're all aware, right? And I think it's, it's very reckless and irresponsible right now to even act as if we're not aware of what's happening. And so again, meeting people where they're at, but also I constantly urge people to push themselves out of their comfort zone because that's the only way that like real change even happens. And, and it, it can't just be black people still that are pushing themselves to be uncomfortable. It's like everyone has to start making room for that. Absolutely. It's all of our responsibilities. Like you said, we're all aware. So we have a responsibility and duty to show up. Tiana, where can people find you? Yeah. You're just so amazing. Your spirit is just so bright and just very magnetic. And just meeting you now, I'm like, oh, she's so awesome. So I'm sure others are feeling the same way. So how can folks find you? I appreciate that so much. I'm most active on Instagram. So my name on Instagram is my first name, T-E-Y-O-N-N-A dot Michelle. So M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. It's my middle name. That's where I'm, I'm most active and where I'm most likely to interact with someone I don't personally know. Happy to interact with people on Instagram, which is where Adit reached out to me. I'm so, so glad to be here. And then same with uh, Mission Me. Mission Me is on Instagram, which you can find through my Instagram. But for anyone who would like to be involved in anything with Mission Me, it's mission underscore M dot E but always happy to interact with, with others, to meet new people. Conversations are, are so important. And I'm, I'm certainly someone who values conversation um, as a way to connect with, with people. So always happy to do that. And I'll leave both of those in the show notes as well, your Instagram handle and for Mission Me's Instagram handle. And Tiana, what would be one last thing you'd want to leave folks with who are listening that's on your heart that hasn't been said yet? I've been thinking on this quote, actually, really at the, at the heart of the quote, it's holding everyone accountable. It says, numerous disastrous harms that could have destroyed you did not quite destroy you. You live. And beyond that, you must also acknowledge that the relationships, organizations, and spaces you have moved through have survived you. A person like other people shaped by systems of harm. I think that's really where, where we all have to come to is that as much as we are all going through a pandemic right now, on top of you know anything else that you could be going on that could be going on in your personal life, these are all systems of harm that have informed, you know, how we've moved through. I think even at the heart of this pandemic, a lot of conversations have been had about our effects on the environment and can kind of start to see how people not moving through the world the way they used to is, is starting to bring wildlife back and is starting to clean up certain places in the earth. And it's like, we, we all are capable of harm. 
And we all have enacted harm, whether it be to other people, to the environment, just different spaces that we've been through. So I think it's, it's just very important for us all to just recognize how these are symbiotic relationships. And that, yes, there are so many different things that need to be attended to in our own personal lives, but it's also to recognize that as we do that, there are others who are also being harmed by the things that we do, whether we see it or not, whether it's direct or not, you know, we all play a part. It's a system of harm and it's the systems that need to be, uh, need to be changed, but that only happens when we're all ready to accept that change. Um, and so it has to start, it has to start with you. It all starts with you always. Thank you so much for your time, Tiana, and your gems that you've left us with. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.